When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey traders, Kill here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that could be trading related, but it's also more of a, a broader subject as well. I'm going to share with you an article and my opinions of it, of course, titled 19 Ideas on How to Push Yourself to the Next Level. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And of course, as always, I will share the link to this article so you can read through it in its entirety in the show notes. But understand, uh, again, I'm going to try and put a little bit of a trading spin on this. After all, this is the Trading Coach Podcast. But I want you to think about this in terms of other aspects of your life as well. And as you become deeper in trader, I had a great conversation with uh, one of my good friends and my business partner the other day about how your life kind of changes with the decisions you make. We're talking about how you uh, you have kids and yeah, your kids kind of carry some of your traits, but you also kind of adapt based on how your kids are. Trading is the same way. I believe I did a podcast on this about, you know, is life trading or is trading life getting real deep into it? But um, one of the things that I've noticed is that certain certain occurrences in my life have affected my trading. But trading has also affected my life, and I, and I really do not like to separate them anymore because, well, this is what I do for a living, right? I, I coach for a living. I trade for a living, right? This is my life. So it, it's no surprise that they kind of run parallel to each other. So when you think about this, yes, it could be trading-specific as well, and I, I may give a few trading-specific examples, but think about these as uh, 19 ideas on how to push yourself to the next level in life in general as well. Now not going to read through them because it's very, very long, but I'm going to just kind of give you the general topic. Maybe I'll read a, a little paragraph or so uh, and then give my opinion on it. But the first one, this is going to be right up my alley, run a mile, rain or shine. And this is basically being do something physical, physical fitness, physical activity. Don't just sit in front of your computer or sit in front of a desk all day, right? We've all heard sitting is the new smoking. If you want to be productive in your life, um, you have to take care of your body. Your body is the engine. Your body is the car that makes everything go, right? You have to treat that car like it's a prized possession. And staying mentally sharp is one thing. Staying physically sharp is another thing. And actually, staying physically sharp will help you mentally as well. For trading, 
One of the reasons I like uh, physical activity is not because I'm just a, a competition addict, right? I want to be ready for anything at any moment's uh, notice, uh, but it does kind of help me separate my trading day. Trading is a very stressful business. Um, you can tell by the uh, the amount of hair I've lost since I've become a trader, right? That's <laughs> uh, but trading is a very stressful. Uh, a very stressful business, uh, especially when you're you're trading full time and really your livelihood depends on how well you can uh, execute in the markets because we all know the markets are the markets are tough. Um, the, the, the markets are a wild river rapid and it's really tough to be consistent and it really pulls on your emotional cords. But one thing that physical activity does is it fires off endorphins and, and basically that's kind of like a drug that your brain, a chemical drug that your brain produces, which says, ah, I feel good. Life is better. So I know something that I do to recover from a bad day, right? When I'm frustrated, I'm mad, I'm angry at the market. I want a revenge trade. I just want to be angry at everyone in life. I go for a workout, right? It gives me that kind of positive vibe. I get home, I eat, I shower, right? Eating is another thing that makes you feel good. Um, if you're eating the right stuff, I eat, I shower, and then it's kind of like a, a reborn me and I'm ready to attack the next part of the day. And I put that first part of the day behind me. So physical fitness is uh, important and you know, you do want to live long, right? If you're on the path to success, you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be successful, you want to create generational wealth, all of that fun stuff. You want to be alive to make the most out of it. I think the worst thing in the world you can do is be very, very successful and, and, just die early and not have a chance to kind of reap the benefits of your investment. Number two, get one hour of work-life integration. It says, quote, I don't believe in work-life balance. In my experience, balance isn't a realistic goal. It's the first, this is the first time I'm reading this, by the way. So you're going to hear, hear me say some, ooh, oh, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Right. Um, I like that because work balance is something I struggle with. I don't, I don't really believe in work-life balance because I believe that if I want to have a good life, if I want my family to have a good life, um, that comes directly from my work. So I think of work as being life because it goes hand in hand. That's kind of just my perspective on it. So I, I can justify working hard because that gives me the balance in life in, in, in a way. But I don't believe in work-life balance. In my experience, balance isn't a realistic goal. It's more work-life integration. In today's work style and focus of always on, right, in every avenue of your life, I find myself in a constant state of flow between work, family, personal goals, health, fitness, rest, and renewal. I make sure to get one hour per day to focus on work-life integration by attending SoulCycle or by doing yoga where I can completely zone out and focus on getting uh, out of my head and into my body. Amazingly, when I do this, uh, solutions to work challenges and life challenges naturally surface. And this follows up on the first, uh, the first point about physical activity. Do you guys know when I come up with my best ideas? Just as the author wrote, when I zone out, when I go on a long run, I got music playing and I'm kind of away from like the physical part of work. I'm away from the, the family, the physical part of life. And it's just me and my thoughts, right? This is before the pain comes because at, at the end of the run, it's all pain, right? But it, like in that sweet spot, the middle of the run, my mind just is allowed to wander freely. And 
uh, those moments where I get some of my best ideas, whether it's a, a new business idea, whether it's a, um, a new trading idea, whether it's a podcasting idea. It's funny how that becomes, I don't do your traditional meditation where I sit there with candles and hum and do all that stuff, right? My meditation is just doing something physical, but shutting my brain off and just allowing it to kind of be creative. So I love that, man. Work-life integration. I Stolen, right? I love that. Number three, ditch an office. As a co-founder, a lot of people are shocked to hear that I don't have an office. In fact, I don't even have a desk. The reason is twofold. First, our company is growing at a rapid pace. And to ensure my team gets the most out of their workplaces, I've forfeited my office and desk. The second reason is that this setup actually allows me to float around to get to know um, each person in the company and it inspires creativity. So obviously this is going to be different depending on what you're doing in life. As a trader, eh, we need an office, right? We need a computer. We need something. Well, I guess we don't need an office. We can trade from wherever we want in the world, which is which is good. But you need a place to sit down. You don't need your traditional office. Um, I actually feel a little bit of the opposite. I, I like I have a home office. I do have an office in the city now, so I, I kind of bounce back between both. And I, I recently did a podcast talking about kind of the, I think it was titled "What They Don't Tell You About Working from Home." Um, I'm recording this from home right now, so I am working from home. I do like the luxuries of being at home, uh, but there's something about going into an office which kind of locks in my folks. Again, my my whole thing is um, I work very very hard. I don't want to work very very hard for a lot of hours. So instead of working, you know, 10 hours a day and kind of just grazing around, doing a little bit here, doing a little bit there, I'd rather have my to-do list, another podcast episode about being productive. You see how everything just kind of falls in line? This is perfect. Um, I have my to-do list. I have what I want to accomplish. I want to go into the office. I want to stay there for an hour, an hour and a half. I want to go all in right away, get it all done and leave and do something enjoyable with my life. Number four. Focus on communication. Uh, I wish I could tell you there was a secret to success, but when it comes down to it, uh, it comes down to communication and hard work. Every single day, I make sure to communicate with my team and strategize for the growth of our company. And this is something that we struggle with at Tier 1 Trading, mainly because uh, we're all in different places of the world, right? Uh, I'm in the U.S. on the, the eastern side. Darren is in uh, the heart of America, right? Uh, Midwest, West, whatever you call it, Kansas, right in the middle. Um, and then Jason Greystone is over in the UK. So our hours don't always line up well. It may be lunchtime for me. It's dinner time for Jason Greystone. So he's with his family while I'm kind of on lunch break. It may be early morning for me. Uh, it's afternoon for Jason. It may be, you know, still sleepy time for Darren if Darren were to sleep. So Something that we've done is we've tried to create a consistent habit. Obviously, we have we have places that we talk all the time. We have kind of a you know a deal online where we, we share ideas and share messages and talk to each other. But we try to set up a consistent date. We're saying, hey, no matter what we're doing, we're going to meet at this time every week or every month and have a meeting. Kind of just force that communication. Even if it doesn't seem like anything needs to be talked about, it's important to just put yourself into that room because you never know what's going to occur. Um, so communication is key. It's important. It's not something that we do a very good job of, uh, mainly because we're a small business and we can't afford to kind of hire people to do. Well, I guess we can. We would prefer not to not to uh, hire people to do all of the other stuff. I think that has to do more with uh, us being controlling and 
very little people knowing our industry. But that's another story. Um, but communication also is, often takes a back seat to that. Oh, number five. How about this? You guys are going to love this. I'm going to tell you already. There's 19 things on this list. Number five is going to be the best. It's going to be the greatest. Hands down. It's perfect, right? Number five, listen to a podcast. Oh, yeah, right? Listen to a podcast, preferably uh, the Trading Coach podcast. But um yeah, I think this is this is podcast listening is something that I do. Um, it's continued education. It's continued education. It's good to hear other people's opinions. It's good to hear other people's thoughts. And the cool thing about podcasting, this is why podcasting is the new wave. I kind of jumped on it more than just the video I do. Because in the world we live in now where everyone is so busy all the time, it's all about, I don't want to call it multitasking because we know that's not really a thing um, but it's all about how can you be most efficient with your time? And when you're sitting there watching a video or reading a book, right? Reading a book, not listening, reading a book, you have to sit there and that's really all you can do, right? When you're listening to a podcast, you can, you can kind of do more than one thing, right? I listen to a podcast on the way into work. So a 15 minute commute into work, I get 15 minutes of podcasting. If I'm on a run, I can listen to a podcast, a bike ride. I can get, you know, three hours of an audio book on a bike ride or three hours of podcasting, uh, uh, doing work around the house, stuff like that. You can listen to a podcast and do other things at the same time, which makes a very efficient use of your time. Six. Um, this is going to be kind of like uh, number five, skip the music and listen to an audiobook on your way to work. So we don't need to read that. Seven, plan to prepare. Too often we miss opportunities to be our best and make the most of our time with others because we didn't find time to prepare. Granted, most leaders are pretty good at winging it, uh, directly meeting uh, or directing meetings on the fly um, or presenting ideas. But we can be much more effective and use everyone's time more efficiently when we deliberately set aside time to prepare for our next meeting, presentation, or project. It's not easy to find extra time in a day. So rather than hoping you'll find the time you need uh, when you need it, block that time out. You want to prep for your calendar and schedule 15 minutes before or schedule blank spaces 15 minutes before and 15 minutes after your meeting. And this kind of follows up on you know, just put, force yourself to do it. Put it in a schedule. You put it in a schedule, you're more likely to do it. Force yourself to do it. Have that time open for communication. If you don't use it, if something comes up, well, now you have a half an hour, an hour to do something else. You can always play catch up, but try to plan things in advance. It's better to be over-prepared um, than be under-prepared. Trust me. Number eight, get up and get around. It's easy to get stuck all day sitting at your desk. I mentioned earlier to you guys, sitting is the new smoking. That's kind of the, the buzz thing right now. Um, it's easy to be stuck at your own desk all day or in conference, move, in conference rooms. I've learned to avoid this fate by turning one-to-ones into walks and talks and doing laps around the office while on call, right? Physical activity, it's key. It gets the blood flowing. It's good for your health. Um, I have a standing desk, which I prefer to use, right? One of the reasons is it keeps the blood flowing, right? It keeps me sharp in the market. I also, in my trading, I plan breaks every, you know, uh, when I was just trading for myself, it was like every 30 minutes. Now it's about every 45 minutes to an hour. I plan breaks because it's very easy to zone out, to sit there and think you're doing something, but you're really running on autopilot, right? Two examples. I remember as a kid in college, right, there was it was 30, 
45 minutes was my limit. My attention span lasted 45 minutes, not a second more. And I remember we used to have 50 minute, we used to have 50 minute periods in class. And as soon as we got to the, 50, the 45 minute mark, boom, I was zoned out. In colleges, sometimes we had hour and 15 minute classes. As soon as we got to the 45 minute mark, nothing else mattered. I was zoned out. That's all I can pay attention to. So I need to take breaks. I need to kind of break that, break that, that OODA loop up, right? It's the same thing driving, right? Have you ever been on a drive and you just you go through autopilot and before you know it, you're at your destination? You're like, I don't, I don't remember turning left or right, right? You zoned out. Yeah, it's okay in a drive, but when you're in the markets where you have to be sharp, where you can't afford to miss opportunities, if you kind of slack and leave your body for a little bit, you can miss that one good trade that you've been prepping for for the entire week. And now you got to wait another week to get the next trade. So stay sharp. Give yourself mandatory breaks, right? Plan it. Prepare it. Schedule it. Give yourself that break. And I promise you'll come back sharper. You'll look at the markets in an entirely different way. Um, eliminate having to make as many decisions in, as possible. Yes, this one sounds good already. Time is one thing of which we never have enough. Therefore, I try to be 100% efficient in everything I do. Eliminating some unnecessary decisions out of every day frees up my mind to tackle the job at hand to maximize it. Again, go back and listen to about two podcasts to go about being productive right? Where you write down your task and then you take the, the top six tasks, the ones that have to be done, the very, 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 very important task and eliminate all the others, right? Focus on your main focus and it'll be much more efficient that way. Don't, don't overwhelm yourself and give yourself too much to do because you'll just be depressed when you're not able to accomplish all of it. Number 10, practice excellence and empathy. Ooh, love this one. Excellence is not perfection. I repeat, excellence is not perfection. And if you are a trader, this should be right up your alley. Excellence is performing to your best ability in every task, even the tiny ones that seem unimportant. It's working to improve your abilities bit by bit over time, developing a frame of mind focused on putting your best efforts into the tiniest of tasks. Let me read that again. Excellence is not perfection. Excellence is performing to your best ability in every task, even the tiny ones that seem unimportant. It's working to improve your abilities bit by bit over time, developing a frame of mind focused on putting your best efforts into the tiniest of tasks. It worms its way into your daily life and into your most important endeavors. Oddly, this alone doesn't ensure happiness or success. Uh, people only really appreciate you as an individual and make your work satisfying if you really connect with them. Um, that's kind of the empathy part. We'll, we'll stick to the excellence part because that's kind of right up trading uh, trading's alley. There's no such thing as a perfect trader. There's no such thing as a perfect system, right? You'll never be perfect in the markets. So stop judging yourself off of perfection. We see so many traders, and we tend to do this as human beings just in general, where we tend to value our negative times more than our positive times, right? You know, the positive times are supposed to happen. Oh, this was good. It was supposed to be good. Our negative times, we kind of dwell on them. We, we carry them with us time and time again. And I work with so many traders that are very, very good, but they can't let go of that one losing trade, right? They'll have 10 winners. They'll have two losers. And all that's stuck in their head is, how can I get rid of those two losers? Why did I take that? And it just, it slowly eats at them. And, and, and the need to chase perfection actually 
hinders their overall results. I've told this story a million times, but I had a trader friend of mine who had a brilliant strategy, right? He was a great strategy developer. The problem was he always wanted to be perfect. So he had very successful strategies, very positive expectancies um, that were hitting well. And whenever he would trade them, he would stop trading them. He'd be like, ah, I think I can do better. And I think I can do better. And he would, he ended up never trading to this day because he kept chasing that perfect strategy. And eventually, as he got closer to quote unquote perfection in the market, which was, you know, a, a higher win percentage is, is how he judged it. Um, his expectancy actually went down and his system became less and less profitable. And then as it became less and less profitable, he wanted to find a way to become just as profitable as it was originally, but also maintain a high win, win percentage. And that just doesn't, that matrix just doesn't work. So be your best, right? Execute your strategy, right? Perfection is not taking any bad trades, executing your strategy, your trading plan to perfection. That is perfection in the market. And if you can work a little bit more to that each and every day, you're going to be golden. My personal story was uh, I, I you know, did some soul searching and I found out that the reason I was so bad at trading was because it wasn't my system. It was me. I was making mistakes. And my goal was just work harder on eliminating those mistakes. And, you know, I would come into the office each and every day and just say, OK, Q, I'm going to I'm going to get a little bit better today, a little bit better today. Right. It's called the, the Kaizen philosophy of continuous improvement. Right. Small changes on a daily basis. And it took a while. It didn't happen overnight. But eventually I eliminate those mistakes and I turn myself into a consistently profitable trader. So just be a little bit better each day. Kaizen philosophy. I live by that. Number 11, mentor your kids. Our business is a family business. My parents helped me start it at the age of 24 years old um, out of their garage, blah, blah, blah. I'll take it from here. Mentor your kids, right? Teach your kids skills. No matter what business you're in, whether it's trading, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in customer service, retail, HR, right? There are some skills that you're learning at your business, right? Leadership, communication, organization, time management. Teach your kids that. I plan on teaching my kids the value of money, not necessarily trading, but what money is, how to use money, how to value it. Um, a few years back, I started investing in hard asset gold and silver. So I've got a whole bunch of gold and silver blocks and coins hanging around somewhere in the house. Um, yes, that is an investment for me uh, against doomsday and, and the eventual robot or uh, zombie apocalypse or alien apocalypse, I should say. Um, longtime followers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but it's also a way to teach my kid about the value of money. You know, when the time comes, I can give him this gold coin and say, hey, here is how much your dad spent on this coin. Here is how much it is worth now. And then go through kind of the, hey, if you hold this, uh, it, it may be worth this, it may be worth that. It may increase, it may devalue. My parents did the same things to me with uh, with bonds, right? They bought bonds for like my... 10th birthday or something like that, I wasn't allowed to hold them until I was 18. And they explained to me, they gave me the whole appreciation table and whatnot and said, hey, you can cash these out right now at 18 and they're going to give you this much money. But if you let them appreciate for another five, 10 years, they'll be worth this much. And they put it in my hands. It was, it was my choice to make that financial decision, but they taught me how to value money. And guess what I did? Cashed them right away, baby. No, I'm, I'm joking, joking. I held them because I didn't need, I forgot how much they were, maybe a couple thousand dollars. I didn't need that couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars at the time. 
And for me, it was just the better investment to say, okay, well, I don't need this. So why would I cash it just to buy something silly, the next PS, uh, you know, PlayStation, PS4 or something like that? No, I'll just hold them for five, 10 more years. They'll be worth that much more. And basically I'm making money to just hold on to these little pieces of paper and not lose them, right? Um, so I, I think that's very important to mentor your kids. I know Jason Grayson does a good job of teaching his kids, I think once a week um, about the markets and just how they work, how money works. They don't teach it in school, so we've got to teach it as parents. Very important. Number 12, take advantage of informal interactions with your team. Um, we're going to skip past this one. I'm gonna, we're already about 25 minutes in, but um, don't let it always be about business. I do this in, in track coaching all the time and our, our, when working with athletes, right? It's very easy just to be the coach where it's like, hey, do this. Hey, do that, right? You try to connect with them on a personal basis. Right? I, I had a great seminar this summer called 3D Coaching where it talked about getting the most out of your employees, getting the most out of your athletes. Um, and the way you do that is connecting with them on a personal level. You're not just the boss, you're a friend. right? Um, and, and I know that seems weird. You're not supposed to be friends if you're an employee, but I guess the better term is treat them like a human being. It's not just, hey, John, do you have those reports? It's, hey, John, you know, how are the wife and kids doing? Have those casual conversations. It, it, it really does bring you guys together. And as a boss, right, when your employees respect you, when they know that you actually care about them as a person, they are willing to work a lot harder for you. If you guys heard the last podcast or a couple podcasts ago when I interviewed my friend um, and business partner, John Bomberger, he said one of the, the final straw right before he quit his job and went on the path of becoming an entrepreneur, the final straw was when his job not only basically cut him and reassigned him, but when they offered him another job that was far away from his family and didn't even care about the commute, um, he's at that point, he was like, you don't actually care about me. I'm, I'm just a pawn in your in your chess game. So that's important. Uh, working during your commute is number 13. We kind of talked about that with listening to podcasts. Um, be interruption driven. Uh, this is this is kind of a cool thing. Um, and this is not necessarily related to trading, but being interruption driven uh, what the author essentially means by this is don't push task back. The example was as a boss, if you're working on something and your one of your employee comes up and says, hey, can you help me with this? And you're like, OK, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it later. Um, by the time you do it later. Right. It, it's it may no longer need to be done. That the moment may have passed. Maybe that employee needed that to be done right away so they can get the rest of their work done. And now they're just waiting for you to help them. So don't be afraid to kind of put your personal task on hold to help someone else. It can actually be, it may not be as productive for you, small picture and what you're doing, but bigger picture, you may actually be more productive by doing that. 15, define and note one goal every day. This goes back to productivity and, and kind of managing your to-do list. Again, go back and listen to the podcast I did about how to become more productive will give you, I think, like 16 tips or six tips on how to do that. Number 16, give back. It's so important to consistently give back to others. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial. Um, you can give back your time, your expertise and access to your network to those who can benefit from it. I believe on, in giving back in, in many different avenues, not just giving back uh, financially to say like charity and whatnot, but uh, like the author said, giving back your time and expertise. This is the reason I coach, guys. I hope you understand that. This is the reason I coach, right? Coaching is my way of giving back. Yes, there is money from it, 
right? We make no lie in that. It, it, it's I, a lot of my time and effort going to coaching. I'm not, I'm not giving back that much for free. Don't get me wrong. But the reason I got into coaching, the re- reason I value it, the reason I do this podcast, the reason I do the free YouTube videos, the reason we do all this content out there is because it's our way of giving back, right? We were fortunate enough to be in a position where someone gave to us and we took advantage of what they were giving and, and were able to turn it into a lifestyle, right? A, a career. And there are millions of other people out there that are looking to do the same thing. And we just want to provide them with opportunities to do the same thing. Will everyone do it? No. Um, Will everyone be happy about, hey, you have to pay for our membership services? No. But we give back a massive amount and that is purposely done, right? It's not by accident. It's purposely done for that next hungry person out there that is ready to take advantage of it. Number 17, getting towards the end, always be thinking ahead. True visionaries are those who carve out their own path and therefore much more, therefore are much more likely to succeed. If you're thinking in the past, you'll be left in the past. I know it's hard. A lot of us get kind of stuck into the trap of this worked before, so it will work now. But the honest truth is you got to do a little bit of both. Uh, You got to realize what has worked, but you also have to be ahead of the curve because in many cases, by the time you're doing something, by the time you try to copy something that has already worked, the next person is already doing it. Um, Or the the next person is already doing the next thing, and now you're, you're fighting from behind. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough spot to be in because thinking ahead means taking risks. You're going to try a lot of things that fail, um, but you have to always be hungry. You cannot settle. If you settle in business, you're done, right? Someone else out there is going to pass you. Uh, we, in trading related, it's the same thing of, is settling on your system, right? If you've backtested your system, if you traded the same way for five years and it worked, well, whoop-de-doo, that's great. If you think that you can continue to trade those that way for the next five years, if you think that market conditions are going to stay exactly the same throughout the future, you're wrong. And I know I learned this. That was a a big shocker to me as I got more experience in the market. So you always have to be thinking ahead. You always have to be analyzing the markets, thinking about what adjustments you can make. You may not necessarily have to make those adjustments, but you have to be ready for it if you want to stay successful. Number 18, remember your support system. Support is key. We always we always talk about community, 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 right? Very hard to do anything of value on your own, um, especially being in trading, especially being an entrepreneur, because it's a very, very, very dark tunnel that you're working through, and it's very hard to see the light. However, if you, uh, if you surround yourself with a positive community, someone or people that keep you uplifted, people that are supportive, people that are trying to accomplish the same or similar goals as you are, it's a lot easier to work through that process, right? Misery loves company, right? right? Um, success loves company as well, as well. And I'm telling you, it's much easier to work together than it is to work on your own. I'm a track and field coach and we're in cross country season right now. And one thing that we always preach to our runners is run in a pack, right? Have a workout buddy. Very easy when you're left out there by yourself running to have negative thoughts and just stop, right? I mean, who's going who's gonna to hold you accountable about yourself? No one. However, if you're running with a group, if you're running with four or five other people, right? It's a big difference because you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the oddball to kind of drop out where everyone's going. It's that added external pressure that keeps you going in the right direction. And that's what's going to keep you on uh, on, on the, the right path to achieving your dreams. Finally, number 19, 
listen, read, and watch interesting things. I love watching weird stuff, stuff that kind of makes the brain tingle, right? Uh, the author says, she says, staying on top of your game means knowing what's going on in your industry and being able to think ahead. Every day I start my morning with time set aside to educate myself on new trends in my industry. Instead of watching the news, I'll pop in my headphones and listen to TED Talks or something like that. Ooh, I got a friend that does TED Talks. Nice. Uh, for me, this is becoming a better fundamental trader. Um, I'm a technical trader. Right. So everything I do in a chart is based off of what I see on the charts. I don't care about news. I don't care about Trump tweets. I don't care about anything else. It's all about the technicals. However, over the years, I've made it a goal to become more knowledgeable about the fundamentals. It's a part of my industry that I'm just way behind on because I never had that training. I never had that experience. I didn't have traditional education. So I don't know about that stuff. Um, you know, aside from your basic supply and demand concepts, you know, everything else was foreign to me. So I always make a habit to invest some time each morning to reading news, invest some time to, you know, subscribing to, I subscribe to a few, not, not news fees, but um, places like Real Vision where they do um, kind of more in-depth, unbiased analysis and projections and, and talks about the economy and, and what's going on in the world. I enjoy doing that. It makes me more knowledgeable. And you never know when those little bits of information can be used alongside my technical training um, to help find better opportunities. And I get about two or three of those a year if the home run trades. So uh, that's it. That's the article. Um, again, I'll put the link in the show notes, but the title was 19 Ideas on How to Push Yourself to the Next Level. Do this. If you guys have any ideas, any kind of things that you do to push yourself to the next level, let me know. I'll definitely share it with my followers. If you're on YouTube, just leave a comment under the video. If you're on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just shoot me a message saying, hey, Akil, here's something that I practice as a boss. Here's something that I practice as uh, an employee that seems to work. And I'd love to get the discussion going. If we can find one thing that works with uh, one individual out there, who knows? That that could be the thing to take them to the next level. So let me know what you think. I promise I'll share it. And until next time, plan your trade, trade your plan. Thank you for listening to the show. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Mm -hmm.